All right, thanks for joining us here on Raider Nation Radio. It's the morning tailgate. Welcome, everybody, on this Wednesday. Lindsey Brown, Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker here with you. Thanks for being with us. Hit us up on the text line from the Dollar Loan Center, 702-365-9200. We'll talk to Eddie Borsilli at 8 o'clock from Sirius XM. We'll also take a look at footage from Tape Don't Lie with Marcus Johnson and at 945 over the the law world litigation sensation Ash Watkins from Salmon Ash Law. That's at 9.45 here on a Wednesday. Good morning, everybody. How Greetings. Are we doing? We're happy to have you Hello. back. Hello. All right. Let's just say we made it across our journey yesterday, but the boat took a few hits. Oh, yeah. The minnow? Was yep. the minnow lost? Yep. Should we go look for it? With uh... Thankfully, Vinny bought, or brought a really big bucket, and so he was able to bail out pretty easily, <laughs> uh, take turns. Uh, but like I said, we got yeah. across. It was like Jack Sparrow when he walks off the into the dock after yes. riding that boat into, is it Port Royal? I think it's Port Royal to start the movie. The original. It's the only one you really need to watch. Yeah, the Caribbean. Yeah, Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. They're great. The first three are pretty good. The rest of them, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even, even know about uh, World's End. Like, yeah, I've watched I, that. I'm like, I don't even know. What after I'm the first anymore. original three Lord of the Rings, I didn't. The Desolation of Smog. It's there's nothing for me there. Not gonna dabble. It's not though. But you gotta bail water sometimes. And yes. And uh, I think we're all just happy that uh, nobody stole anything of ours from the the, the, the refrigerator. I was gonna say. So, there's a coffee caper the loose. Swiper no swiping song from Dora <laughs> the Explorer in this town, Vindogs. Do you ever? Swiper. Do you ever? Do you ever get this sensation though, where you know you didn't do it, but. Everyone's what if I under- forgot that I'm no. a felon? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a suspect. Yeah. Right. 100%. Right? You're like, did I mess up? Was I, I an autopilot at 530 this morning? And steal somebody's coffee, by the way. Right. Out of the refrigerator, and which is what's going on. There's a there's a there's a mystery <laughs> yeah. going a on right now. Several mystery. This is a mystery theater at Lotus Broadcasting. There's a lot of uh, questionable uh, narratives. And I guess the Christie couldn't have written this one better, but uh, Danny uh, over at ESPN, like just a few minutes before the show started, and here he just came in here in a rush. Popped in. Yeah, it was like, did any of you guys take the coffee that was in the refrigerator? <laughs> and he explained <sighs> that and where he put it and how he had to push eggs around and stuff. And, and he was that, looking at each of us like. Right. Yeah. I, can, I, I can see Lindsay doing that. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just oh, using I was going to say. I could see Clay doing that. I would never. Yeah, I would never. In the never. back of his head, that Clay's always yeah, been yeah. a little bit. That Vinny, he just, I don't know. I know there's uh, something about him. I had, I had to wave my uh, my thermos coffee just to let him know. I do five my, hour. My coffee's hot. My coffee's hot. <laughs> my, I promise you. I do five hour energy in the morning. I can't go, I can't double up. I drink coffee later on in the evening, but I cannot do both. So I'm, I'm out, man. I did not. I, there was no, I have no motivation to steal anybody's coffee to drink anybody's coffee <laughs> right it's right. a it's a it's a health hazard at this point in yeah. the day so i'm out man but i, I don't know the way he looks oh, i think i think he i think he doubted all three he was of wishing us. there was a little more time left so he could scrutinize us a little yeah. right but yeah, we were I'm gonna have to talk to each of you individually <laughs> yeah but we were saved by the the start of his show and and I, I don't drink any coffee period because i i it's a health concern That's for me too to me. because to make it palatable, I would have to put so much cream and sugar, I might as well drink like the most sugar-fied Coke you've the, ever made. The blacker it's, and it's the bitterer, better the me. better for me, man. I got yeah. it. I, it. It needs to be, when I do just do coffee, it needs to be straight, no uncut. I don't need any of that nonsense. You're low maintenance. No, low it's, maintenance not, it's not even drinker. maintenance. It's like, I, I don't want anything to dilute 
Correct. I don't want anything to dilute the uh, right. the hit. But it's probably the the lowest uh, level of, of processing of that making too. it all of that. That's what I mean. Your low man. What's your situation over there? What do you got? Well, uh, I'm always going to buy like the the most affordable coffee grounds. So that you need to actually put some cream and sugar in it. And sure. And I have to put enough in there that it might crystallize. You know, I want to put like <laughs> a fork into it, it and then see it sit. You know, <laughs> sitting alone in the liquid. But if we get like 100% Colombian coffee, some really good stuff, I'm with you. Yeah, just you don't need anything else. Right. That's I'm, sh- I'm shocked you're not on the Dan Campbell plan. How many shots of espresso does he drink just straight up in the morning to that, start? That's a, that's it, a, that's it's scary. At least that can't three. be true. That's got to be I don't mythic. think it's more than eight, but it's more than three. It was five, I think. I think it's five right yeah, in the middle. I like, see that. that's Ooh. ridiculous. That's too much. But for some of us, that calms us down. And so maybe he's yeah, one of those I have guys, different coffee. I have yeah. medication. And so it's yeah. like, that's, that's how I get ready for my morning. <laughs> Some people water. drink uh, coffee just so it warms your body. And then that, mm. that process actually makes you sleepy. So, uh, yeah. even if it's caffeinated, so I need it for I the jolt. Know. I'm not going to lie. That's why I do five hour energy. Uh, and then I take another one in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Look at this guy. Two. Make a sell. So I do five-hour energy to power me and all my stories will, all day. That's what kids will do to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, no. Honestly, like when it was, you know, as as uh, when they were younger, I was just exhausted. Like I'm like, what the heck? It's like it's nonstop. This whole fatherhood. Well, you're busy regulating thing. bodies that aren't yours. That's you're your job just, as a parent, and just, you got to keep them from dying. Yeah, all, you, you're just straight responsible you and your wife and it's just uh it's it's a mental it's, there's a lot of mental fatigue that happens you know with that because you're 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 now obli- you're 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 pr- protecting two little other people so and, and now they, that they, fatigue is replaced with anguish because they drive now and they got car bills uh, yes. yeah they're drinking right? five hour and like energy. you just you just displace <laughs> that stress and and all that anxiety somewhere else and your body's probably learned how to deal with it a little bit better so there's an acceptance of just being Yes, what, this is my what, reality. What Lindsay's referring to. <laughs> I love Vinny's rage is, against the cars. It's so um, funny. Yes. So yesterday, uh, toward the end of the show, I get a uh, text from my wife and my son's um, uh, engine light. Yep. Engine light. As one does. On. I got a couple of those on my side. And kind of felt a little shaking. There was a little on shaking. The I, I later found out. Um, I don't know if it was the No, it wasn't Where it the like brakes. slows down and goes. There was, some, there was some kind of shaking going I've on. I'm like, oh, man, you know. You ever do this where you have to go to the car shop? Is it a thump or is it a, you know, and they, they ask you, all, I'm like, I don't know how to describe, I don't know, it just felt weird. Like, you know, but more of like, it, a, yeah, I'll videotape it. If is I hear it, it in my car, I'm like, I got to tape this really quick and then I'll show it to they him. Like that, that's actually. how we do it. And I knew he had gotten gas the night before. So I'm thinking maybe he didn't screw the, uh, the, the gas cap on correctly. Sometimes air gets in there and that triggers the, uh, mm. the light and you tighten sure. it up and it goes away, but that didn't happen. So sure enough. Yeah. $1,100 later. Yeah. Oh! That's worse God. than the coffee getting stolen in 20 minutes. Is it, it? Is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, they both is. burn. They both burn. However, but... my son has, he said, look, Dad, I'll pay it off. That's so a, he works. That's and, a responsible. And goes to school. Yeah. That's a responsible like, young man. I don't know man if I would have said that at, uh, at his age. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 I tried I, to let it see how far I, I could get away with that while <laughs> offering exactly. to pay. Because $1,100, it takes a little while yeah, on minimum wage so to pay that off. He's saying, I'll give you $100 a month out of his paycheck. So uh, I'm like, you're not obligated, but if you, I mean, if you happen to have it. If you know, only uh, this town yeah. had more lawns. If only he gr- they he did. He could have just racked up that overtime for Parks and Rec. Lawn mowing and paper routes. 
I was going to say, like, I, the right maintenance in. is such a different job compared to, like, parks in Michigan or parks in Minnesota. Cause it's well, like I mean, a he does, he's upkeep. not part of the uh, – he, he's, he's somebody that checks you in. It's like a oh. it's like a big gym, you okay. know, and they've got uh, – kids come in there for after school gotcha. or before so school. So he's, not... he's not doing, like, the yard work no. landscaping. So no. I don't know. Like, those jobs, I'm, I'm not sure. Know. Like, my no, cousins they... would work those. You get ripped, yeah. make some cash, Same get it done usually, at, like, yeah. noon. I had a friend who did that. Brett. What's up, Brett? He's probably listening, actually. Hi, Brett. And, um, <laughs> Brady, Brady, my guy. Yeah, there was this one guy that, uh, and he was he was ripped, right? So this is like Bretonian. You know, you know, he's like shirtless and everything like Who that. And there's this, the weight <clears throat> there's this, there was this, this this guy that, you know, hired him to do his lawn like every week, and he would always come out a little conspicuously. He would always come out with some orange juice or water or whatever, and sure enough, the guy ended up hitting on him. But it's like, <laughs> I'm a huge no, I'm just, fan of your work. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no one chalks these the hedges. Ever, these you ever, hedges, you know, though. You, you ever think, you know, you know, maybe we could go? And Brett's like, "Hey, man, thank you." I'm, he was, hey. And Brett, Brett was like, "I was actually kind of honored, you know." Heck was, yeah! You know, who was, like, I'm know, a beautiful man. Anytime and I'm being you get hit on by anybody, Finally. isn't any, that nice? Yeah. Anytime told you get that you're hit pretty. on by anybody, yeah. Of <laughs> See, course. that's what I do to everybody. My one of my things is like, if you burp, I immediately tell you that you're pretty. Because it's oh. just like a natural thing to do. I'm like, you're just, you're pretty. It's okay. And then you just, you let it soak over you. It doesn't always go bone deep, but eventually it's just like, yeah, I am pretty, even when I burp. Yeah. I usually say bless you. Oh, bless <laughs> you. On the burp? <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I, I sneeze for sneeze sure. Sneeze for sure. For sure. I mean, that originated I'm with like, the plague. Hey, can you hold it in over there, you know? <laughs> is there a, <laughs> is there a number of yeah, sneezes right. where it becomes obnoxious to you? Once it gets past three, I'm like, all right, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes well, I get a little irritated. Like, somebody blow your nose. Yeah. Right? Like, get, Take care of this your own. As a um, as a veteran of uh, allergies and and somebody that would sneeze when I'm, I sneezed, sure it was like times. 12, 13 times. Yeah, and your body's trying to expel something; it's trying I, to help itself. So yeah. again, don't hold them in either. That's not good for you. Well, I, Just remove yourself doc, from the situation. Doctor Rosengren was my uh, allergy uh, doctor when I was a little kid, right? And yeah. so um, I had to get all the shots. I don't know if you've ever done that. I haven't done they it. Put, I probably should. They put every bad thing on your arm. Yeah, sensitivities to see, to see which you know yeah. emerges and stuff like that. So my mom takes me to the office, and, and I'm talking to Dr. Rosengren, and he's just – it's a runny nose. He's got yeah. a runny nose, always with his handkerchief. That's when we had handker- – remember handkerchiefs and all that? Yeah, you know? Sniffles and, McGee was out. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm like 12 years old. I'm thinking, this isn't computing. This guy's going to fix me. He can't even <laughs> fix himself. So I said you to him – I literally him. said to him, I was like, something – you know, you're – and he's like, well, you know – I have terrible allergies, and I made it my passion. So he was, you <laughs> should have seen me ten years ago. This Bring is it my to good work day. with me. Yeah. So so I was like, okay. I, then, then it kind of added up. Like, all right, I get it. You, you've been inflicted with this your whole life. You're gonna try to make it better for everybody else, and it did. It, it took like. It took about four years of every week getting shots. And allergies change just like your body does. Like you can develop allergies later in life or or just Mm -hmm. more agitation, not just like where the pollen. I know that I get allergies down here because my body's not used to whatever plants Mm -hmm. are around here. Yeah, it gets you. Absolutely. And then there's like, I I know in my family we have, I I don't know if it's genetically predisposed. It's probably an assumption for me to make for bee stings. But my grandma got stung later on in life, and then that it put her basically into shock and and gave her the allergy after the fact. And so there's only so much you can take. I'm not super into all of the allergies and your tolerances and all that other stuff. I just know it's big business right now and that there's a lot of people that have issues with what's in the air, what's in the water, what's in the food. And their bodies respond in suit. Yeah, I think if you deal with allergies, let's say in California and you come to southern Nevada, you're not ready for the kind of like – 
killer pollen that hurts out there that blows out of the Mojave Desert, you know, and it's growing right now and it's they, getting ready to fester. They got here spores that'll grow in your lungs, yes. Vinny. Oh, you and and it'll cake on your car it's, for weeks. That's terrifying. How do I know if they're in there? <laughs> well, maybe it's good for you. Oh, man. You want to hear a, 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 a very, it's, it's, it's kind of a fiber. sweet story about bees. So I my brother, bees. Michael, was, uh, he was definitely, like, he couldn't get stung by a beard. That was going to yep. really hurt EpiPen, him. EpiPen, the whole, whole, whole thing. It would have been bad, yep. right? So for his whole life, that was, you got to avoid getting stung by a bee. You know, that was the whole thing. And uh, he ended up dying in a car accident when I was 21 years old. He was 23, dies in a car accident. You know, um, mm-hmm. and so the literally the day after he dies, we're all at our house kind of grieving and everything like that. And all of a sudden, inside the house, in the house, is this bee flying around. No way. I swear to God to you. And all of a sudden, it just drops right in front of my mom and just sits there and looks up. And first of all, bees don't come into houses, as far as I know. Right. There weren't even that many. Like, if they're lost, probably. I, I guess, but I mean, caught in it, door. It's ne- it never happened before and it never, in, our, right. in our house. And it never happened since that I can recall. Yeah. And it wasn't even like there were a bunch of bees out there at that particular time anyway. So come on now. Yeah. Right? Can't, there had to have been to something, be something divine about there it. There had to have been something divine about that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And we're all like, okay. Of all the bugs. Of all the bugs. Of the all the one insects. bug that was like, literally, it was, he cannot get stung by a bee. You know, wow. I'm sure everything would have been fine, but you, you never know. Was that like a moment of levity for your yeah, family? Yeah, we were like, we, yes. Because it's the day after, I got to assume it's just. Traumatic. You're, you're numb. You're devastated. It's it's just a cycle. It's a uh, it's yeah. It's it's a it's a blow. Let's put it right. that way. Well, it has to hold back the normal response of like roll up a newspaper and kill it. <laughs> that's right. That There's too. that too. That you have to too. hold back on all these urges of yeah. Like, no, what? it was like that's that 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 might be Michael right there or something. You know, like yeah. like there's something going on right there. So uh, yeah, kind of. That's cool. really I like. That's a really nice moment yeah. in a in a really bad moment. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But that's that's life, right? You okay, definitely. so. In the last 15 minutes, there's been a coffee stolen. Yes. Uh, when people burp, we say, you pretty. <laughs> and, You're pretty. And, you know, You're so uh, pretty. Bees, while on the on the off, are dangerous, but yet might send a message of Who hope knows? The gate! Faith. The this gate! The, gate. the morning tailgate rolls on with some morning wisdom. We got into a, a lot to get into about like kind of like the NFL window where, you know what, there's... Um, the franchise tag window is now open. There's also free agency. 19 days away. Yeah. So it's Who's like counting? it's time to I maybe am. starting to think about take stock of what you have mm-hmm. and also take a look at the shopping list that might be provided here from the NFL and how that can help the Raiders. All that and more. It's Raider Nation Radio here on a Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, the, that second part I'm not familiar with just yet. Uh, but but you talk about this uh, organization and the history of this organization. Um you know, I've been fortunate to be a part of, of, of two other organizations that have that tradition and history. Um, and it's just something that like resonates in me. You know, I'm a, I grew up in Pittsburgh. So obviously the, the as growing up and the, the Steeler Raider rivalry and all the cool stuff that's happened between those two, these two organizations. Um, so there's just always been a really cool respect that I've always had for the Raiders growing up. So that's the starting point to why you ever would want to be in the silver and black. Raiders offensive coordinator Luke Getze. We're back here on the morning tailgate. Thank you so much for being with us here. Uh, keep listening because we'll give you opportunities to win some cash. 2024 cash, 2000 
And $24 will give you information about that in just a few minutes here on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, coming back, though, this is uh, this is that time of the year where you're starting to really build your cadre of coaches, and the Raiders are doing that. And uh, it was good to hear from Luke over on Friday. But the Raiders haven't stopped. They keep adding some more armaments uh, for the coaching staff. Yeah, uh, yesterday they uh, they hired Joe Philbin, uh, former Miami Dolphin uh, head coach, longtime uh, offensive assistant, offensive coordinator. I think even interim head coach of the Green Bay Packers uh, at one point. So uh, I think a great asset for Antonio Pierce um, because as we've talked about so many times, this is his first go-around, and there's a lot that happens when you're a head coach. There's a lot of things that you never even anticipated um, in terms of scheduling, putting together a staff, all those types of things. It's great to have some wisdom of a former head coach, uh, not only in in Joe but also Marvin Marvin Lewis. Uh, so, So... Two former head coaches on the staff. I think that was a wise um, decision, you yeah. know, by, by Antonio Pierce to understand. And I know that he knows this that I don't have all the answers, especially now. Mm-hmm. You know, five years down the road, I might have this thing mastered. But until then, it it kind of behooves him, right, to to be able to bring in some people that have been there, done that, mm-hmm. just to 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 help him in in every sort of phase. Just kind of an extra set of eyes and ears uh, to 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 help and guide him. So this is. Basically done, right? All the coaching hires. Not really. There's not still some, really. There's still some to go. Yeah, because you have assistant running backs coach, you have sure. assistant wide receivers coach. I think the bulk of the work um, is, is is done now. They hired their their quarterback coach uh, as well, um, and that is uh, Rich. Um, I, I want to make sure I pronounce the name. Rich Scangarello. Uh, Scangarello. Yeah, and then also uh, Carnell Cadillac Williams is their running backs coach. Somebody had. Asked me, reached out to me yesterday, and they, does it seem like it's kind of haphazard? The staff, I'm like, no, not really. If you look at everybody's background, it all goes back to the West Coast offense, and a lot of Green Bay Packer kind of, um, uh, you know, the Mike McCarthy, the Mike Holmgren, which all came from you know the the 49ers and the West Coast offense. Uh, some Shanahan, you know, uh, brought in uh, the the new quarterback coach was hired has been hired three times by Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. to be his uh, once in, in Atlanta when when Kyle was the offensive coordinator there. Rich was a quality offensive uh, offensive uh, assistant, and then twice in in San Francisco he's hired him to be his quarterback coach. So he teaches it, knows it, knows that knows that offense. Obviously, Luke Getze working in Green Bay uh, for Mike McCarthy and then Matt LaFleur. So where do those all offenses come from? West mm-hmm. Coast, Shanahan, uh, and also the Holmgren, uh, Mike McCarthy uh, uh, end of it. And then uh, the offensive line coach that they just hired from the San Francisco 49ers, who is their offensive line coach assistant. Um, he's obviously bringing in the Kyle Shanahan West Coast offense uh, zone run blocking scheme that, that that they ran there. So there's a lot of common threads. Even mm-hmm. even Cadillac Williams was drafted by John Gruden in Tampa Bay, which, what is that? That's the West Coast offense. Edgar Bennett, the wide receiver coach, coached under or played under Mike Holmgren, then coached under, I want to say he coached under Holmgren for a little while uh, up there in Green Bay, and then obviously Mike McCarthy and Ray Rowe, all West Coast offensive uh, people. So they're bringing in people that are teaching and t- talking that same language. So, no, it's not haphazard at all. There's ab- absolutely a thought process behind this and, and a-, a background that goes with it. I like a lot of the teaching aspect yeah. of it. A lot of these guys have been brought in, have been brought in as teaching right. roles in several different instances in their careers. And, um, you know, when I think of Philbin's great success with the Packers when they've won, you know, the, the Super Bowl and they were like a top 10 offense for so long. 
Sure, they had Aaron Rodgers, but it was a great system. It was one that was like the you know uh, the evolution of you know for where Joe Walsh in the West Coast offense was yeah. to the modern day. And I think uh, and he might have been with Favre too. He was, uh, you know, I think, I think, I think some, that yeah. did kind of coexist with Favre, right? So mm-hmm. you got uh, really something to be happy about when you think about: Are we getting guys that are going to be able to teach what we want to do and get away from a previous system where some guys were in with the McDaniel's offense? But you're going to have uh, a role where. You're not going to have to wait too long for guys to get it because the West Coast offense is one that is, you know, it, it, you can almost say it's predominant in the NFL, but you got a really a room full of great teachers that can help kind of like really spirit this thing quickly because they want to make sure that everyone gets on the same page right in OTAs, in camp, and then when you're starting week one, there's not a lot of layover of like, well, we did this last year, we're, we're doing something different now. I think they're just erasing all that doubt. Yeah, and it, it, that's a good point that they are, they're kind of, kind of completely revamping it. This is not, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels' offense. So being able to bring in people that have taught it, um, especially at, at various position groups for a long time, um, that's only going to help the messaging. I mean, you're, you're, you're implement, implementing a new offense, so you want uh, coaches and teaches, teachers that speak that language, that know it like the back of their hand, that bring their own interpretation. I love the fact that if you look at um, this staff now, this offensive staff, I want to say there's three or four former offensive coordinators on the on the offensive staff. Um, I like the brain power. Uh, somebody asked me yesterday, are there too many cooks in the kitchen, including you know with the with the two ex head coaches? No, I mean as long as everyone knows what their role is and what their lane is, then you can never ever have too much brain power. You can never have too many eyes or ears seeing and hearing uh, things and, and advising. Um, a guy like Joe Philby, he'll 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 know what his role is. Marvin Lewis is going to know what his role is. As former head coaches, especially, they know that that guy, the head coach, is the final decision maker. We're here to advise and to input and to to help any way we can. But it's his show, and we're going to always respect that because they were in that same position as well as head coaches. And they know that that would cause friction, difficulty if somebody was to try to come in there and try to barrel them over. Uh, that's not what's going to happen here. I hope I didn't say Joe Walsh. I meant Bill Walsh. I think Joe Walsh could have coached some football, too. You know? <laughs> yeah, when he got off the Eagles uh, tour, you you know, go. he's like, I got some time now right, to, I, I, to vote to football. <laughs> <laughs> there was a great story with uh, during the Super Bowl. Andy Reid was telling the story about uh, somebody had asked him if, if he stole plays from people. He's like, all the time. You know, I'll steal from a Duh. high school game. I'll steal from. Right? So he told the story about when he was in, uh, I forget exactly where he was, but the, uh, the there, it was a family-owned janitorial uh, uh, company that, that you know, was the janitor of the, of the facility that, that he was, I think it might have been the Eagles. I don't, I don't remember which team it was with. And the janitor, the owner, was like, Coach, I, I, I got to play. And he's like, oh, sure, sure, you know. And, and he, but he kept pestering me. He kept pestering me. And finally I said, all right, look, here's a – you know, gave him a blank piece of paper, draw it up. You know, I'll, I'll take a look at it. He goes, I love the guy, but come on. You know, he gives it to me. I'm looking. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> it's a pretty well-designed play. And sure enough, we, he ran it and they scored a touchdown uh, on that play. And he goes, I can only imagine that he was sitting up in the stands with his wife saying that was my play. And her looking at him going, yeah, right, Charlie. Sure, it was <laughs> your play. But the reality <laughs> was it was it was his. So you take ideas from wherever you can get them. But I don't think that there's going to be any issue of anyone overstepping their, their bounds on this on this staff. As long as you don't videotape it, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's like a collective consciousness, consciousness right? That's th- an original idea. I think that you I think you're right because I think it now with the, you see like even somebody you know who's been in the league for a long time and has had like higher roles, now it's more of like everyone is in a support role now to go and help Getsy on mm-hmm. the offensive side. 
So everyone is supporting that mixture. So whoever you get, get the best people you know in the room to go and help you get to your your cause, your final cause. Because if you don't, you're going to have to do all the work yourself or you're going to have to try to coach other guys up to get to where you want them to be. These guys already come out of the box ready to go. Yeah, and some, you know, sometimes it's about who's available too. You know, uh, you, you can't hire everybody that you want necessarily because some people already have, you know, jobs. But if you, I, I think, I think that that common thread, and and it feels like there's a lot of crossover. So guys know each other, and guys have worked with each other before. Um, I, I think that that's going to help make this a more seamless process. It's going to be there's going to be some hiccups. You are moving to an entirely new offense. There's no question about that. And it's going to take some time, but I think, uh, to your point, Clay, having this the the uh, an abundance of people that speak the la- the same language that have taught it before um, will help help expedite that process. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and you know, uh, we kind of alluded to it, like the first you know action of the NFL offseason begins, you know, uh, with the opening of the 15 day window to apply a franchise tag to impending free agents. How does that affect the Raiders and perhaps Josh Jacobs, especially when you think about the free agents that could be available in the league? Let's get into that. It's next here on the. Welcome back to the morning tailgate. Let's hear from you. Call the show at 702-365-9200. Here's Clay, Vinny, and Lindsay on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Look how many men they are. Got to get out of this play. Chiefs have nine in the box. O'Connell's under center. Fourth and one. Moves Mayer over to the left. Now another motion. Snap. Gives it to Jacobs. Here's three men in the backfield, and he's got no chance. Raider Nation Radio Morning Tailgate. Thanks to Raiders Radio Network. Oh, that was one of many tackles for losses for Josh Jacobs this year, and that one coming on a critical fourth down against the Chiefs. But it be that as it may, this was just a disappointing uh, season for Josh coming off a humongous season. But when you've got a chance to go and look at what else do you want from a team that has, um, you know, the moments where you want a running back in an explosive offense, and you've had a guy like Josh Jacobs in the fold for a while, and the franchise tag is up. What kind of conversations do you think they're having about that? Because at the same time, you have to start looking at other players who are also impending free agents on other teams, especially at the running back position. Yeah, I don't know that the Raiders will be involved in a running back uh, on the free agent market. Um, if they don't franchise tag uh, Josh, I could see them saying to Josh, look, go out there on the open market, find out what you're, what's out there for you, come back to us, give us an opportunity to, to, to match it. I think, you know, um, I, I think Josh wants to stay here, and I think they, he would – probably give the Raiders an opportunity to match, but I don't see them necessarily going out and being players on the running back market, even if Josh leaves. I think they feel like they potentially have a guy in Zamir White, uh, especially at a great price. Now, will they bring in somebody to, to maybe be his backup? If they go in that direction or draft somebody to be the backup, perhaps. Don't forget, Britton Brown, um, who was injured all last year, was on the injured reserve. There's... There's a lot of people that like Britton Brown in the building. There's also uh, Amir Abdullah is is a is a pending free agent, but I think that there's a lot of value there as a third down mm-hmm. uh, back. So oh, yeah. I think it's more of this: Do you want to lock yourself into a franchise tag at around twelve million dollars uh, for for Josh Jacobs, a second franchise tag at twelve million dollars, um, or do you do you just tell him, look, you know, especially if you can't get anything done. Go out there on the open market, um, see what your value is, come back to us and give us an opportunity to, to match or, or, or exceed it. Um, 
and just be okay with whatever whatever might happen. Maybe he signs someplace else, and you just roll with with Zamir White. I think it's more that. Like, do they want to invest that much money in their running back position when they may think that they have somebody in Zamir White that can ably fill that role at a fraction of a fraction of the cost? Well, and then stylistically, that's kind of where I I try to figure out what this team needs and and what they're envisioning because you look at this offense and we talk about the the transition and it's going into zone run and I know that's something that Josh Jacobs usually builds his his game on and 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 many others as well but that's where it's what type of runner do you want do you want somebody that has that that quicker burst in that in those couple of steps do you want somebody that's gonna be able to fight through contact a little bit easier mm-hmm. where do you want them to like hold their weight in their body I mean you can get really specific on that stuff and I don't think that's how people scout but that's just how I'm looking at piecing together this offense and this exercise like from a stylistic like if you had to give me what you're looking for not a name not a number not whatever else like what are you looking for in terms of what they're going to accomplish at this position what did we not have last year what was lacking you know okay if you uh and I was also thinking like all right if you've got this west coast offense what are the best running backs right now in the league that that run that and what do they do that special well, Christian McCaffrey is a guy that can, you know, go up the middle. He can do punishing physical runs. He can also catch the ball of the backfield. Well, Josh Jacobs still does all that, too. And so what more do you want now? How much do you want to pay for it? But what is the style of play now for this running back if you look at this offense? Yeah, and I think one thing about the the, the Shanahan-type system and, and um, you, you look at what they're going to do on the offensive line, it's the Shanahan, uh, you know, uh, it's, there's a Shanahan background to the offensive, to the new offensive line coach, Um you know, you look back at what Luke Getzey did in, in Chicago. I don't know, like, like they have proven. I know McCaffrey is is was it, it was almost um, out of the norm for them to go and make a big trade and pay a big running back a lot of money because mm-hmm. they've typically, when you look at when you look at the history of the Shanahan's, including up until when McCaffrey got to San Francisco. By the way, it would be fourteen million dollars if they refranchise tagged. Uh, Josh, because this, this would be the second one, so that makes it even more pro- prohibitive. Thanks to Q for for uh, for hitting me up about Holy that. Holy moly! Yeah, it's just too much. And, Way um, too much. And 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 the thing about this, the thing about the um, about that is you can't manipulate it. It's that sum, right? Like, like you can't the top five. Well, no, well, the well, top five of well, the no. salaries, right? To yes, but that's that. not my point. My point is you pay him fourteen million dollars. There's no like when you sign. Let's say you wanted to sign him, and uh, and he would still make fourteen million dollars, but you did it in a in a in a in a contract extension or a contract like a like a multi year contract. You could still pay him fourteen million dollars this year, but make twelve of it a signing bonus that doesn't count against your cap. That's mm-hmm. that's a signing bonus, and then the salary would be two million dollars. So so on the salary cap, it would only reflect as two million dollars. But as a franchise tag, it's just one lump sum. It's $14 million on your cash and $14 million on your salary cap. So think about that. From from, Are you following what I'm saying? No, but I'm, I'm okay. listening very intently. Listen. Okay. So if you – let's say, let's say um, instead of franchise tagging him for $14 million this year, you, you work out a deal with Josh for – let's say it's a three-year, $21 million uh, deal, and he gets paid $14 million this year. But you're not paying him $14 million all in salary. Part of it is salary, a, 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 a bonus, a signing bonus, which doesn't always get ref- – you take the bonus and then you divide that among, by four years. Let's say it's a four-year deal. And it's four divided by 14 if it's a $14 million signing bonus. And then that – whatever uh, that – you know, uh, 
you apply to this one year, but it's not $14 million on your salary cap. It's only, you can make that a $2 million deal if you want for just this year, which helps you on your salary cap. It's, 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 it sounds complicated, but it really it isn't. Is. <laughs> yeah, but, but it really isn't. But you can't do that on a, on a, on a, um, a, on a franchise tag. That $14 million counts on your cash and your salary cap as well as a hard $14 million. But like from a stylistic standpoint, how often are they going to be like, is it handoff on first at like West Coast offense? Like how how heavy of a utilization of the running back position? Because I know there's the running back part of it and then there's the pass option part of it. I know that's part of the West Coast offense too. Like how do you anticipate that changing into a West Coast offense? I think there, I think it's, I think there will be a heavy run uh, implement on, on, on this offense. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that Antonio Pierce has articulated and, and wants. So I think that um, there will be a heavy, and and the Shanahan's have always run the ball, and they've always run it successfully. And they've, but the thing is, they've always been able to. That's the, I guess that's my my other point. Before McCaffrey showed up, and he's a you know obviously an expensive player, and it cost them a lot to go get him. But in their history, in the Shanahan's history, they've plucked guys off the bench right. that have run for two thousand yards, that have run for fifteen hundred yards. They've always been able to be successful with running backs that they don't have to pay a whole lot of money because their system works so well. Right. That and there are a lot of good running backs out there, you know, that 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 can handle, you know, uh, that sort of load and that sort of a role. So that's why I'm saying in their mind, do you really need to pay fourteen million dollars or really anything above, you know, what you really want to when you believe that, hey, we got Zamir White, he he fits this system. He's going to be able to do it. We don't have to pay a running back a whole lot of money. And maybe we can even draft his backup. Or maybe Britton Brown is his backup. And so that you're you're paying $3 million, $4 million to your running back room rather than $18 million when you include a $14 million player in, in, in Josh Jacobs. What we don't know is if Samir White can handle the load of, uh, you know, every day, every you know, every game back, you know, and, and the tons of work that goes into the punishment that a, you know, a, a number one back in a West Coast system would get. So when you start looking at the free agent list and you start taking a look at other guys that have played in other systems, some of the names are kind of intriguing because especially when you talk about the money, like, all right, let's say if you were to put out a three-year, $21 million deal to either Josh or to either somebody else that's on the list, like from DeAndre Swift or... Uh, dare I even say Derrick Henry is Saquon Barkley? You know what I mean? It's like thought we're going cheap. I know, I know. I don't want to go cheap, but if you wanted to find a, a dynamic back and then you know have the contract where it's not going to hurt you too much uh, in in each year, uh, would that free agency be able to go? Because do some of the names start to kind of like tantalize you to think, all right, maybe you need a certain kind of back, you know, with Zamir White. Mm-hmm. Instead of Zamir all by himself. Yeah, uh, no, I, and and I hear you on uh, you know can he be a twenty five uh, uh, game twenty five carry game per game running back? I don't we don't know. Uh, although he held up really well in the games that he that he did play. He played four games uh, and and got a lot of traction and a lot of action and, and held up pretty well. You look at him; he's a he's a big old dude. Um, he's he's more physical and 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 built than than Josh Jacobs is. So. Um, but I think that if you're talking about a cohort for for um, Zamir White, if that's the direction that you're going in, um, I mean, maybe a DeAndre Swift can work as a as a cohort. I don't necessarily think that, and especially not not at three three years, twenty one million dollars. I I don't. I, don't, I was just throwing that yeah. as an idea of like I if hear we're you. going to get a, a contract, a three year deal to somebody. 
would you would you feel more comfortable with somebody else? Yeah. I don't know, Linz. I mean, there's some interesting names out there, and some of them are a little long in the tooth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it just because, like, uh, just the way that I understand Zone Ron as I'm, I'm learning more about the nuances and, and, and stuff, I got to think you have to have somebody with vision and, and with patience, right, that can that change that oh, yeah. speed, let the the gap in front of them hold up and, and know when to push and go. And, and I know how that's a, a very different dynamic than having that battering ram hand it off, and we need you to go punish, mm-hmm. right? And that we mm-hmm. know that punishment is going to be part of this running game as well. And so that's where it's like, if it's Zamir, and 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 they go down that route, and he's the main guy, like, how many of those runs up the gut to punish are his, and how many of those are kind of to the outside as well? Because that, that, to me, will tell how, mu- how much you can truly run him and, and his longevity and how they're going to manage that, because I think it would be a lot to put – wholly on him in his in his first year as a full-time running back you know what I mean if he's RB1 and so that's where change of speed a little bit more of a scat back you know me I'm all about the seesaw and getting the the defenders to guess and so but but that's just where where I'm kind of curious about what the stylistic difference is because we've seen Zamir run really well but that was in a different type of offense in in a specific situation and it wasn't like he had all of the game reps of most of the year built up on him and so I just yeah what kind of key is he? He's right. Like, he, he's effective. I know that. But, like, how many doors? Yeah. How many different types of doors? And when we talk to Marcus, we'll see if if if, uh, if he feels like, um, you know, uh, Azamir can, can project in this office. I think he can. Absolutely. And I would take that money and forget about – I mean, like, I would probably draft somebody or, or, or sign somebody on a one-year deal for very minimal about, uh, amount of money. And then I would use that money to go fortify offensive line, defensive line, yeah. uh, cornerback. There's some – so th- that's what I would do. Agreed. So I'm not. That's I'm not the looking most cost-effective yeah, thing to do. I'm not looking at any of those the the top guys uh, that that are there at running back or quote unquote top guys that are there at running back. Um, I'm, I'd rather look at top defensive line, cornerbacks yeah. maybe, and offensive linemen. Agreed. All right, should we do this? We should do this. Let's do this. It's time. We gotta dust it off. No wonder it was a little bit choppy yesterday. I didn't even know where this was on the button bar, and even if I tried to use it, it probably wouldn't have worked. But Raider Nation Radio is starting your year off with a chance to hit the jackpot every Monday through Friday. You could win $2,024. Listen in for the daily code and text it to 702-365-9200. Uh, Hector and JC, you guys are texting in at 1043 and 611 this morning. Not during the time where this is open. You have to text in from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you text in those code words at any other time, you're not going to count it. Hector. So set those damn alarms and the code changes daily. So make sure that you're listening to Raider Nation Radio every day for that code and you could hit the jackpot $2,024 all thanks to Lotus Broadcasting and Raider Nation Radio and that term today Sinatra not Frank the last name Sinatra S-I-N-A-T-R-A is the code word send that into 702-365-9200 for your chance for $2,024 doll hit. Eddie Morisilli from SiriusXM will join us in a few moments from New York. We'll talk about the Raiders coaching staff, free agents, and more with Eddie. Marcus Johnson will join us at 9. Ash, the attorney, at 945 here on the morning tailgate. 702-365-9200. Hit us up on our text line as well as on the phones. We'll take calls in the second hour. But getting thoughts on, um, on, on certain free agents, like you could see where teams could really – you could almost ruin your whole year by overspending on certain position groups. And I think that's why we're starting to see this, this sway of like more teams willing to go into the draft for running back because the running back list for free agency right now, 
you, yeah. you could see some real boondoggles, man. You could see where you could like some boondoggles. You, you could put you could tie your money up to somebody who's just not going to perform at the levels that you think they're going to because you're in love with what they did in the past. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at. Uh, the free agent running backs last year, uh, none of them broke the bank when they hit the open market. And, you know, whether you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott or Dalvin Cook when he eventually got out there, there's a teams are teams are um, you know play, playing a, a hard game when it comes to that. And, and the reality is, is because young players, young more you know obviously inexpensive players, are always coming up coming up right behind them that can do the same job that you did basically um, for a fraction of the cost and. Every every penny counts uh, in in this business. We, there's salary cap implications. There's cash uh, implications, and it really becomes how are you spending your money wisely. And it's not really. Um, I, I think people think that the running back position is being downgraded as less important. It's just as important as it always has been. But it's a younger man's position and a younger, less expensive man's position because typically when you get to that second contract, there's a slide too, where you're not performing as well as you did 22, 23, 24. And there's somebody out there that they can draft that could do that job at that fraction of the cost, uh, at the level you were doing it at that, at that particular age. So it's, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough, it's a, t- you know, I, I would imagine four running backs, obviously it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's just sort of the reality of the, of the situation. Same thing's happening at an inside linebacker. It's a high volatile physical position where guys are just, by the time they get to, 27 and in that second year in that sure. second you know their body there feel- could be gems though like a Dalvin Cook to me is a guy that could be a gem he's almost he's almost like a very un- overlooked in this uh, list from the athletic about free agent running backs you know he's only one year removed from 1100 yards rushing and you know over almost like 40 catches and 300 400 yards receiving like this is a guy, Lindsay, that's still like even like this time last year, people were like, "Oh, he could go to the right team and already make you know the Jets better." Well, he tried or to X, pick y, Z better. two of the right teams, and he picked wrong. Each of them wrong could not each work time, it out. and we all pick wrong unless you're on the one team that is right. And so, it, it I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this from like a market standpoint because I, you know a person he's a person, and I, if he was another year removed. He would be a prime target for me if I were the Raiders because mm-hmm. he's a guy that is going to – it's not his fault. It's not by any fault of his, but he has to kind of go through a rehabilitative year where you have to put yourself back in the minds of being a viable, healthy running back who does big things, and that sometimes means you have to be uh, undervalued. Yeah. And, and I hate that. Because I hate that have to for anybody. For a job. Exactly that. And so, but because it's only a year removed, because he didn't really, I'm not sure how many carries he got, especially in New York, because I know he signed. 67. I, I was going to say, I was like, I don't know how much run he actually got this year. He played year. 15 games. Right. Well, he played, but he didn't really. He had and 67 why? snaps. Well, only one I'd, game he started, though. Like Correct. That's, what, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. And so, I, that's if I'm, if I'm his agency and I'm trying to figure out what, type of pricing I am for this guy because he's still in that proximal where you're you had that year we didn't put a ton of tread on you this season right where that's going to inflate the price for me but it depends if they're smart enough to read the market which I hope that they are but at the same time you want to go out and scratch and claw for every dollar that's where you're trying to find that sweet spot because if Dalvin came in and say I'll do one year at like six or seven, I don't know if that's a realistic number. Again, I'm not a numbers no. person, as Vinny just tried to explain things to me. I've been trying to learn yeah. law and division for 15 years; it will not <laughs> happen. Uh, if he, if they're willing to take that type of a bargain deal, I run at it. Yeah, one I year run for three with incentives as a team. 
Huh? As a team, you would run at it? If he said one year for seven mil? He made a million dollars last year. Okay, that's there's no there's person. no way I'm paying him. Well, $6 I'm just saying dollars. if he's willing to take a bargain, that's that he would took be the a bargain. million because he he had money coming from Minnesota as part of the buyout. I, that's why he took a million. I could see like maybe uh, one he year. He still made at least six. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't and know. So, well, that's better than fourteen. And it's certainly better than nine. And, and so yes. that's that's right. It's just if they want to get somebody with a little bit more experience and bring that in, that's fine. Otherwise, go spend it in the draft and get a late round pick. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. You that's might, you might yes. have somebody that's perfectly suited for what you're doing, too. Let's take a break. We'll come back with Eddie Borsilli, see what he thinks from Sirius XM. It's Raider Nation Radio's Morning.